Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack. And this week I'm speaking to Pang Xie Chang, one of the founders of Meantime Magazine. He's a journalist based over in Singapore and the magazine explores the history of that place via the love stories of ordinary Singaporeans. It's a lovely, sweet and affecting magazine that also has a deeper purpose hidden just below the surface. And I was really interested to hear him speaking about his aims for this magazine that specialises in flying below the radar and telling stories that you wouldn't hear in the mainstream narrative of Singapore. It's also one of those magazines that takes full advantage of its physical format with all sorts of print treats and hand-finished details. And he speaks about why that was so important to the project and how they're planning to develop that aspect of the production in future issues. It's worth saying that he was just over here in London on holiday, so I really appreciate him taking time to come over and speak to me. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Pang Xie Chang from Meantime magazine. Hey, Pang, thank you so much for coming over. Hello. Hi, Steve. Thank you so much. So you are one of two people um, behind Meantime Mm -hmm. magazine, which tells uh, a story of Singapore through, as as you put it, a collection of love stories from Singapore's past. Mm -hmm. I saw this uh, earlier in the year and like totally loved it. It was completely captivated by it. It's a really original way to talk about a place. So what made you decide to use these love stories as a way of exploring Singapore? Mm. All right. First of all, thank you so much for your compliments. Um, so the genesis of Meantime was that uh, we, we wanted to tell uh, stories about Singapore, but through personal stories. Because we feel that um, personal stories, when we have for example, a face or a character or a protagonist, um, the stories tend to stick more and people are more interested in all these personal stories because uh, they don't get a lot of attention in perhaps um, mainstream media or even uh, like uh, in the, the, the general narrative mm-hmm. of uh, when people talk about Singapore, we don't really talk a lot about the personal stories and we feel that uh, we wanted to use this opportunity to document these personal stories. And why love stories? Um we were very interested to... Okay, first of all, we were quite inspired by the New York Times Modern Love column. Mm-hmm. Like, as students, when we were studying journalism, because our background is in journalism, uh, we lap up a lot of the Modern Love uh, column from the New York Times, and we, we were so fascinated about how uh, love stories are so universal, but yet uh, local at the same time, because, uh, you know, everyone has their own love stories, but yet... People who read it, people who uh, uh, people could have a slice or could learn, a, could get some, I guess, resonance mm-hmm. from all these love stories. Mm-hmm. So we thought that okay, not many people know about Singapore, mm-hmm. but if we could tell Singapore stories through love stories, perhaps um, there will be more resonance uh, from an international audience. So, so you basically make things a bit more universal and a, and a little bit more accessible in that way. Obviously, the, there's a big challenge then for you to get the right love stories. Mm-hmm. So you, because you don't just want a boring story about yeah, two yeah. people who got together and that's it. So how did you go about finding those people? Okay, that's a very common question. And whenever I answer this, people don't seem to uh, like they don't they're not convinced. But basically, we really trawl through archives. We knock on people's door. 
we asked our friends, friends of friends, word of mouth, and we started to find out which were the best or the most uh, captivating and original love stories. Uh, yeah, so we really just knocked on people's door and then we start, we had a curation and then we sat down and we looked at it and we thought, okay, can we package this into a nice narrative inside the magazine? So yeah, it's really just a lot of legwork, a lot of hard work, you know, really just just old school journalism, tap on people's <laughs> door, you know, knock on, yeah, call people, pick up the phone, send emails, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay, so so for anyone who's not seen the magazine, give mm-hmm. us some examples. What what were some of the stories that you uncovered mm-hmm. and that you knew would allow you to uh, carry on this project of telling a broader story about Singapore? Okay, so I think, I guess the most... Uh, representative love story is the, f- the first story that we started which is a Indian couple they're Singaporean Indian so they came from okay for people who don't know Singapore is like an immigrant country so most of our grandparents came from uh, either India China or uh, from like the the original people in Singapore were the Malays but basically we are an immigrant country and we have uh, different races uh, yeah, so the first story is about this Indian couple that came to Singapore and they were, they had an arranged marriage. Okay. Um, the, the interesting thing is that they now run a photo studio and foreign workers who are working in Singapore now and they, uh, these foreign workers tend to come from India or Bangladesh and they actually would go into the photo studio and they would have these mug shots taken of them on this really campy, multicolored background sometimes we even see like um the iconic singapore skyline on it and it's just really campy and really funny and they would just uh, stare straight into camera and they have these mug shots and the photo studio the couple that run this photo studio they would print it and then they the the people the indian workers would actually send these photos back to their hometown to get an arranged marriage so we found this very interesting in that uh we could explore the idea or the practice of arranged marriage through this couple and yet they also have a personal story of an arranged marriage yeah and i think for a lot of people uh, arranged marriage marriages are not um common i guess in i guess western cultures and all but for many of us in asia like in our parents and our grandparents generation it's very common mm-hmm. yeah well and also i'd say not just not common but mm-hmm. uh, over here in europe mm-hmm. the assumption of an arranged marriage is that some someone's not happy with this. You know, the, it's a, someone's been forced into it or pressured, but that's really not the story that you tell. Yes, exactly. So the thing is that they have such an amazing and happy marriage, and we sort of juxtapose it with like how uh, currently in like uh, I guess the culture now is that we uh, there's Tinder, there's online dating apps. So it's like we really question the idea of love and how perhaps maybe arranged marriage actually works, whereas Currently, with dating and all, you know, we just keep like shopping around for love, but then we do not really find one. So maybe there's just value in having an arranged marriage and it should not be seen as something that is, I don't know, like mm, something traditional or like there's a negative connotation to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I-, I think there's also something really nice you do with this in terms of contrasts. So you use the, the stories of relationships and there are lots of archive photographs in here. Mm-hmm. There's this lovely sense of permanence from people who've been together for decades and as you say, have built this relationship and a business and a life together. 
but then right at the beginning, I think one of the first things the magazine um, says is that, you know, Singapore is such a young country. The, I think independence was, independence was in 1965. So you're contrasting these people who've been together for a long time and feel very permanent in a place which is actually really very young. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, that's very uh, very well said. Yeah, um, a lot of people are surprised that we're actually a very young nation. So yeah, we had our independence in 1965. So that makes us... Uh, I'm sorry, you've got to do the math. <laughs> but yeah, I'm so sorry. But yeah, that makes us really young. Um, basically, we are the same age as like perhaps your parents, yeah. like your parents' generation. And yeah, so we're a really young nation. Uh, we are still figuring out a lot of uh, about our identity and all. Uh, yeah, but we realize that these personal stories, people who have committed themselves, who came to Singapore to live, who have built their family here, uh, these stories, in fact, are more permanent than a lot of things in Singapore because um, when people come to Singapore, people see built-up structures, tall buildings. Um, and actually, in Singapore, there's a lot of things that are being constantly being torn down, rebuilt. So we have this fascination for new, for new things. Uh, but the thing about the, our magazine is that we wanted to document the old things. Yeah, which is like the, the, the love stories, you know, the, from the beginning. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And also, I mean, I guess probably, it's interesting that you mentioned things being torn down because the front of the magazine is literally torn. And this again plays into this idea for me of, of the permanence and the impermanence. Mm. So um, may, maybe we should like just talk about some of the crazy things you've done with this <laughs> magazine. Where So the, the first section of the magazine, the pages are gradually torn further and further out towards the edge of the page so that you, you literally sort of fade into the magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Crazy is, a, is the right word because when we tell people that what we... Like, we, we did this. Uh, it's hand-torn, basically, the cover. Uh, I always tell this to people who are new to the, uh, who've just seen the magazine that we literally set down, like, a factory line. And there are a lot of handmade elements. So once we're done, we pass it on to the next one. And when we're halfway done, we're just, like, pulling our hair out. And we're like, why did we do this to ourselves? But when we, when we saw the end product, we thought, like, okay, this is why. And that's the reason why we did this. Yeah, so the, there's a lot of handmade elements. Uh, the torn cover, yeah, because we were inspired by old photographs. Uh, other interesting things is that there is actually refolded like a love letter that you can pull out. Um, we pinned certain photographs. There is also like a pressed flower. So it feels very personal and um, it's very tactile. And that is why we... Um, uh, okay, so the reason why we did this is that um, a lot of people in, uh, at least um, back in Singapore, when we talk about content, when we talk about magazines, everyone is going digital. Mm -hmm. uh, there, people are saying that, oh, there's no value to print anymore. People are just reading things on their phone. But we were quite idealistic in a sense that we still wanted a print magazine because we felt that it is like a tangible product that you can pass on to people. And a lot of the stories or a lot of the content that we read online... Um, we don't revisit it again. Like it gets lost mm. uh, in the digital realm and um, it's too fast. Mm. It's too fast-paced. And uh, that's why we thought that we have to make, we've got to push the boundaries of print. If we're going to make a print product, we've got to make sure that um, there's a reason why it's print. Uh, yeah, so that's why 
we had all these crazy things like we had a torn cover we tried to do as many things that we can with through a print medium so that sort of to justify or to tell ourselves that that's why we have to ha- uh, do a print product yeah. and, and you made 300 copies mm-hmm. of this first mm-hmm. issue mm-hmm. so you talked about production line how many people are actually involved in making this okay <laughs> so the the team or the editorial team is about just five to six of us and we are friends from uh, college uh, but during the production of the uh, magazine, as in like the tearing or like the handmade elements, we had our friends here. So I would say five to ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and how long did it take you to complete this production? Uh, okay, so the the idea, I would say it took two years mm-hmm. um, in total, mm-hmm. uh, from start to finish. Uh, but right now we are making it into like an annual publication, so we are uh, working on the next one, which will be out next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I guess just to give it a little sneak preview, not, yeah, that um, it will be a different concept. But uh, it's not love stories; it's a different uh, concept. But yet, uh, there's a lot of uh, you could still see, I guess, the passing of time. Uh, permanence versus impermanence these concepts still remain but we're we are looking uh, at the past through a different lens so the first issue was uh, love the second one will be a different one I don't want to let it I don't want to say it out now but yeah uh, you could follow us on social media or website or stack uh, you'll get first dips on the second <laughs> issue thank you very much okay so that, that's really interesting mm-hmm. so, you, so you're planning on continuing the project but with a slightly different theme is the idea that you're going to have just as many handmade elements in this one? or Because or, obviously there's a trade-off. So the more handmade things you have, the longer it takes for you to do it. So do you think, well, we want to make more than 300 copies of this, so then we have to go down a little bit. Where are you putting yourselves? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I guess we've got to employ, get more of our friends to help us. <laughs> yeah, they won't be your friends anymore. <laughs> yeah, we're going to buy them coffee. Um, yeah, so that's, I guess, the trade-off. Uh, we would definitely want to have more copies because uh, we sold out really fast, thanks to Stack Magazine as well for opening the doors for us. Uh, we wouldn't kill ourselves with a lot of... Okay, we would try to make the handmade elements as manageable as possible. Mm-hmm. But I think that makes Meantime unique. Mm-hmm. I think people people uh, uh, want to see what are the different uh, tactile or the handmade elements and how it reflects the story. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it really depends on firstly the story. We don't want to just have handmade elements for the sake of it. So it has to have a significance and a value to it. But mm-hmm. we wouldn't... Yeah, we wouldn't kill ourselves by yeah, doing too many. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to talk a little bit about the wider motivation behind this because, I mean, this is, I think, first and foremost, it's a very beautiful thing. And it's uh, for, for someone like me, I, I guess I'm your intended audience in that I really don't know very much about Singapore. And so I, I learn a lot when I read this. But I feel like there are also there are some more political messages that are in here. I feel like there's a, a greater motivation than just saying, we want to tell the story of a place. Mm. Were, is, that, is that right? Or what were your desires in starting this? Wow, uh, that's a tough question. Mm. Would, you, would you consider our idealism for like a print product in the digital age, political? Do you think that's considered? 
So I, okay. I, I guess I guess that could be okay. seen as political, but I'm, I suppose I'm thinking mm-hmm. more about. And you, you've just took, uh, you, you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, you're a nation of immigrants, mm-hmm. and so you have lots of different races coming mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of stories in here about interracial relationships. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a British man and a Malay woman who yeah. get together in the 80s, which I guess in the 80s certainly over here that would have been like a a big deal and there's a really touching story about a woman who was born to a Cantonese mother and a Japanese father in 1945 so born from a soldier of the Japanese occupying forces these feel like they're touching on bigger issues than just relationships okay yeah (laughs) yeah um I get I get where uh, your question is coming from uh I would say Yes, because they, I guess if people ask us what's the genre or like what, uh, what's the, uh, yeah, the genre of the magazine or like the concept or the topic, we would say it's sort of like a history, current affairs, perhaps travel because um, uh, people, it's like about Singapore. Uh, So on the question, um, because in Singapore we... The narrative of Singapore, or like the, we're such a young nation. Our history is really like, uh, I would say, is not as established as a lot of other countries. So a lot of our reading or our understanding of our history or our Singapore story, our identity is through a mainstream, I would say, government lens. So they sort of um, decide. They decide on perhaps this is the story of Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this story that we have learned uh, from school, it's very, I guess it's a very big, and we don't feel a connection to it uh, in history classes and all. So yeah, I guess the political part for us maybe is that we wanted to show that that there are all these individual stories that have slipped under the radar from the mainstream narrative that has been talked about, like that people talk about in Singapore. You know, when people talk about, I guess, uh, uh, the common story about Singapore is that, oh, we, uh, we transform from third world to first world in a short period of time. We have a very, I guess, strict government. Uh, a lot of things are not allowed, all these. But yeah, if you realise when you read through the magazine, you realise that there's actually all these underlying personal stories that are a little bit on the edge of uh, what you expect of Singapore. So yeah, I guess... You're right. There's actually a little bit of, uh, I guess, a rebellious attitude in our magazine. And I guess, yeah, I guess it, yeah, it somewhat came through and I'm glad that you picked it out. Yeah. Well, and, and I guess also the, the, the independent print format is really suited to that because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you talk about these stories flying under the radar. Yes. A small magazine like this mm. is also able to do that and so it, yeah. I guess it kind of doesn't cause trouble for anyone but if you're receptive to this kind of yeah. storytelling yes. then it's going to really resonate with you yes exactly yeah. yeah I guess these are the stories that yeah you wouldn't find in the mainstream media or the mainstream narrative of Singapore uh, yeah these are really stories that we try to uncover mm. yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, and I mean that there may be a very obvious and simple answer to this one but it struck me while I was reading that there are no same-sex relationships in this is that just because you didn't find them or or is that a a decision on your part that's very interesting we yeah we editorially we were thinking okay we got to find because love right there's so many different definitions definitions of love and definitely same-sex is one of them 
but because we were looking at the past, like a lot of these stories, like they came together, uh, like decades ago. Yeah, it was really hard for us to find one, and even if we found one, it was really hard, I guess, for them to tell their story. Uh, Singapore is still very conservative, so yeah, I guess one regret that we have is that we didn't have a same-sex uh, couple, like a love story. Yeah, we wish we, we had one, but we didn't. And uh, perhaps for the subsequent issues, we really hope that we will be able to uh, have more representations and to showcase the, the spectrum. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think, am I right in saying that this one's sold out now? Yes, Excellent. we have sold out, yeah. Good, okay. <laughs> but I mean, but bad <laughs> Sorry, news for yeah. anyone who's listening but, yeah. to this and thinking they, they want it. So obviously we've got... Um, another issue coming up at at some point. Are there any other ways that people can stay up to date with what you're doing? Are are Mm -hmm. you online or social media or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it's a good problem to have that we are sold (laughs) out, but it's really really tough that we have to explain to people that we're sold out. And uh, it's really hard to have a second print run because we're really sm- uh, it's very small and we're a small team and we had to look into our like, finances, getting uh, funding or whatever. So we wanted to have a second print run, but we were not able to. So we're focusing our efforts on the second issue. So yeah, please do uh, stay in touch with Meantime Magazine through our second issue and you can do so through our uh, Instagram, uh, meantime.zine, Z-I-N-E, uh, or our website, meantime.sg. Yeah. 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 Um, well, look, like I say, I, I totally love this one and it's a real thrill to be able to meet you. So uh, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tech Magazine, for everything. And yeah, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Okay, that's all for this week. Massive thanks once again to Pang for coming over and speaking. Meantime is such an obvious labour of love that I wasn't sure whether we'd see another issue, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with it next year. If you haven't seen Meantime before, you should check out our video review that went up in April this year. Just go to the Stack site and search our editorial section for Meantime magazine and you'll see it there with all of its torn pages and love letters and other crazy hand-finished stuff. I don't think we're going to have an episode of the podcast next week because I'm going to be shortlisting the Stack Awards and at the moment that is looking like a pretty daunting prospect so I think I'm going to be shutting myself in a room and not doing anything else for a few days but we should be back to the normal routine by mid-October so thanks very much for listening to this one and we should be back with another episode in a couple of weeks.